0: You have a copy of God's Word. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11 will be our focus here this morning. We'll be looking at verses 13 through 16. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 13. Through 16. We have a simple outline this morning with one main point, three sub points. Main point, you can overcome this world by faith. Subpoints, embrace, seek, and desire. This is what faith looks like that overcomes the world. It doesn't turn back, it always goes forward pressing on toward heaven and toward our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 13 through 16, hear God's word. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them had the opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. This is God's word, his inspired word. How do you live for Christ? What does it look like to live a a life of faith in a fallen world filled with suffering, sorrow, sin, difficulties, unmet, desires, and wishes. What does it look like to live a life of faith that encounter such things? Well, the writer of Hebrews is encouraging us uh, to live with the kind of faith that is able to navigate the, the, the difficult course of life in a fallen world, he understands that there are challenges and difficulties these believers that he is writing to they're suffering, their property is being plundered there's a the threat of persecution around every corner there's a the threat of death they face on a daily basis and 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 what the writer of Hebrews wants these believers. Uh, to do is to embrace Christ, not just embrace him in regards to saving them from sin, but to embrace him as a lifestyle, to embrace him uh, in, in a sense as the apostle Paul embraced him. To live is Christ. Everything for Paul was Christ. Everything between living and dying was all about Jesus Christ. This is what the author is after. He he is after this type of spiritual life orientation. Why? Because of the victory that we have in Christ. There is nothing in between life and death that impacts our salvation in Jesus Christ. We know of this from a familiar passage, Romans chapter eight, verses 31 through 37, where the apostle Paul writes, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Implication is no one. He who died did not spare, uh, uh, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring a charge, uh, any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised? who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. This is what Hebrews has been all about. We've been discussing this. The sufficiency of Christ. Verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? So tribulation and and this list, everything that is listed is it pretty much sums up all the challenges, all the difficulties that one can experience in life. He says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? "Let, let, let, Let me give you a list. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword as it is written for the in Christ Jesus, our Lord, we're in Christ and for, for, for first and foremost, life is all about christ and and if as we focus up on Christ, as we orient everything that we do toward Christ, as we worship Him, as we adore him, as we think upon the benefits that we have in Christ, the apostle Paul says, we will come to understand that nothing in this life separates us from him. This is why John writes in 1 John chapter 5, verses 4 through 15, for everyone who has been done deal, has been born of God, overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world our faith who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that jesus is the son of god jesus our champion has overcome the world jesus said in john 16 33 i have said these things to you said this to his disciples who were coming, beginning to understand his purpose and mission that he would, would, would lead to him. He said, I said these things to you that in me, you may have peace in the world. You will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Jesus has overcome the world. And if our focus is upon him, we will be confident that God will not allow difficulty, suffering, and even death to have the life, the last word in our lives. That's good news. And this is what the author is all. This is what he is after. This is this is what he is after a a life that embraces a sufficient savior. And 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 a life that that lives faithful to Him until the end. And so we will see that you can overcome this world by faith, by faith in in Christ. A faith, what does it look like? It's a faith that that embraces. It, it embraces what God has said in His Word. It, it embraces the the promises of God all the way. The promises of God in Christ all the way to the end. Look at the beginning of verse thirteen where we see the phrase these all died with the word all here the the author uh zooms out and and looks at Noah, Isaac and and Jacob and Abraham and Sarah and to and 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 to include all the the saints that are listed here in Hebrews chapter 11 we we know that Enoch uh did not Died, but his life did cease to exist in this world. And so uh, these uh uh, uh uh all died outside of Enoch. They all died at some point. This is the this is what the author wants us to cut to, to, to understand. But 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 notice what he goes on and says these all died in faith. Now notice something. Notice the change he has been saying, and he will continue to say by faith, by faith, Abraham, by faith, Sarah, by faith, Moses, by faith, Rahab. But there's a change here in verse 13. He said, these all died notice in faith all of these saints died still believing robert martin confirms this when he said he says the writer's focus here is 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 on the duration of faith these Saints, these godly saints that are listed in Hebrews chapter 11 did not apostatize. They did not turn back at any time in their lives. They lived a life of faith all the way to the end. And when they died, when they breathed their last breath, it was in faith, in the promises of God. That's how they died. They died in faith. They died believing. And that's significant because of what we're going to see here in a few minutes. They they were those who lived by faith. And they are those who died in faith. And the implication is that they continue in faith all of their lives. Nothing between life and death bothered what they believed about the promises of God. When, 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 when the hour of death, when they had lived their lives and they, they, they dealt with all the, that comes with living and growing old, and when they reached the point uh, where God took them home, They breathed their last breath. They they came to the hour of death confident in what God has promised. They died. Don't get me wrong. They, They did die. Beloved, faith don't keep you from dying. Faith is not going to keep you from the fallen, the the consequence of living in a fallen world, in a fallen body. Faith is not going to keep you from that. There are people out there that tell you different. They'll try to tell you something different, that your best life is now, that, that God wants the best for you In this world, that ain't the scripture. The Bible don't teach that. Even though these believers had faith in God's promises, they died. And death is a reality. Hebrews 9 and 27, it is says, it is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes judgment. So death is a reality, whether you young, death can come. Whether you old, death is a reality. Life is like a vapor, here today, gone tomorrow. And 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 and, and the author understanding that these believers are. Or facing the possibility of dying he wants them to understand keep pressing on don't don't give in to fear and, and to grief to the to the grief of of, of death as, as you face death because God is faithful to the promises he has made to us in Christ Jesus what are one of the promises we have in Christ Paul said of the, the 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 promise of the resurrection, because we serve a resurrected Christ and we are in union with Him. Paul said in First Corinthians fifteen and fifty five, oh death, where is your sting? O oh death, where is your victory?" Despite the fact that Paul understood that he was facing death, he understood that that to live is Christ and to to die is really to gain something there's nothing to be grieving about the, the death of a saint means absent from the body present with the Lord to leave this world behind to be with Christ and to see him this is what it means to to die well. To die well means to die believing, trusting, relying upon, depending upon what God has promised in Christ Jesus. Look at what comes next in verse thirteen. These saints all die believing. This is this is so this is so instructive to us. These saints all died believing in God's promise without receiving the promises personally. Notice what he says. He says not having received the things promised. They they died in hope. And and, and this is this is important that at this point that we, we remember what the definition of faith is. Faith defined in Hebrews chapter eleven verse one, it says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. Faith, in a sense grabs the things that are that are hoped for and, and, and that, that will come about and makes them a, a present reality. It gives assurance. He said faith is the assurance of things hoped for, and the conviction. Of things not seen, it, it is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. These things, they that let me tell you something about faith. Faith it doesn't need the it it it, it doesn't need the reality of what is promised to be present, it doesn't need that reality to be present before one believes and acts on that promise. Once again, there are those who say you need to see it in order to believe it. uh, The the author here says something something different of, of faith. Faith has content. The content of faith is God's word. That's what you. That's what the assurance comes in at. It, faith. Faith doesn't need the reality of what God has promised to be present in order to believe, because what is is embraced is what God has said. What is embraced is God, who is all powerful, and His word that is all sufficient. This is what is embraced. This is why. Abraham we're going to talk about Abraham offering up Isaac his son because his faith wasn't based upon based upon what he could see taste feel or touch he had Isaac right there and his faith was not based upon what he saw his faith was based upon what God had promised Turn back to turn, turn to Romans, Romans chapter four, Romans chapter four, verse 17. Romans chapter 14, uh, uh chapter four, verses 17 through 21. If we remember well, we're remembering that God had made a promise to Abraham. And verse 17 informs us of this. Paul speaking, says, as it is written, I have, uh, quoting uh, the promise that God had made to to Abraham, I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of of the God in whom uh, he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. In hope, he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations. And as he had been told, so share your offspring be. He was not weakened in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old. Or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's wound. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God. But he, he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God. Notice verse 21 fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. He hadn't seen it. He hadn't experienced it, but what he did have was God's promise. And he believed in it. Verse 21 said he was fully convinced, not because he saw what God promised, but because he believed in God and what he promised. Let's go back to Hebrews. Abraham believed that God was able to do what he has promised. These believers died believing that God is able to do and he will do what he has promised whether they have experienced it or not. And for us as believers, we we don't need to doubt God's promise to us in Christ. Some of the promises that God has promised to us will be unfulfilled, like the bodily resurrection. Nobody's been resurrected yet. But God has promised it and you believe it or at least i hope you do i hope you believe i hope you embrace it i hope that is your conviction i hope that is your boast some of the promises that god has promised they're unfulfilled but yet we believe them. and this is why the writer of hebrews Said in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who is uh, for he who promised is faithful. God is faithful. These saints, they died in faith, not having received the things promised. Notice the writer goes on, he says, but having seen. This is not a, a physical seeing. This is a scene with the eyes of faith they they what was promised to them was was so real that it was a present reality it was as if it was right there before them the writer says but ha- having seen them and greeted them from afar greeted them here pictures uh a uh, uh, greeting of a of a friend uh, re- receiving greeting them and receiving them with with delight and, and joy. These believers, they they received the promises of God with delight and joy. And, and it also implies there's an embracing. They, not only they received it, but they embraced them and, and they appropriated and lived their lives according to what, what God has promised. There, there was no resistance in them in believing the promises of God. They embraced what God has said, affectionately, they embraced it with all of their heart, with all of their heart, soul, mind, and strength. It was said of, and, and, and all of these promises ultimately pointed to Christ. And, 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 and Jesus said of, of Abraham, it said in John 8 and 56, it said, your, your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it. He, wait a minute. Was, was Abraham there when Jesus was born? and When Jesus said that? No, he saw this by faith. Your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. There, 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 there's a sense of some today just have this coldness about themselves and live the Christian life with, with a coldness. With 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 the sense, you know, uh, these I know these things, and, and there's no joy, there's no excitement, there's no enthusiasm. A, t- a true believer embraces affectionately, even though. There are promises that, that, that we have not obtained. Like one day we'll have a new body. One day all tears will be wiped away. One day we will be with God the Father in heaven. We, we, we embrace these things and, and uh, by faith and we eagerly and joyfully and gladly await these realities to become true for us and notice that these believers even though they had not received what had been promised to them because that is that that's the, the what what God requires of us is that we simply believe and not focus upon the things but, but but notice, because they greeted these these promises with with affection, they embraced them with the with the heart of faith. They were acknowledging as well. It says, in having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles, on notice he says on the earth, not not just he didn't say uh, in the land of Canaan on the earth. The, these believers willingly confessed themselves. To be strangers and exiles on the earth. There was no that there that they were in the world, but not of the world. That there, there was no city, there was no earthly land, there was no earthly city that that could provide them what they were looking for. Even us as well as Christians, we're described as aliens and strangers in in this world uh, of darkness and sin paul said in ephesians chapter 2 verse 19 you are no longer strangers you are he said you are no longer uh strangers and uh aliens but fellow citizens with the saints and and members of the household of god we are now citizens of the household of god and alien and strangers in the world we're not alien strangers to heaven we are fellow citizens, we are children of God and when paul uh, when Peter addressed the persecuted Christians in 1 Peter chapter one, verse one, he addressed them as the pilgrims of the dispersion. He goes on in 1 Peter chapter two, verse eleven, he said, "Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims as from fleshly lust with war against the soul. These believers lived as, as pilgrims and sojourners because they were now citizens in heaven. They were no longer pilgrims and sojourners of heaven. They, were, they are now citizens of heaven. And they believed that. They lived as if that was true. Beloved, do you live in that way? Do others see your life your the way you live your life the way you walk the way you work in this world do they see and 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 come to some sense of an understanding that that this world is not your home do they think that you're out of your mind because you're not embracing the things of the world like they are embracing you don't believe the things of the world like they believe in. Faith that overcomes not only desires, embraces the, 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 the promise of God, but faith that overcomes the world seeks a, a heavenly home. Look at verse number 14. It says, for the people, for people who speak thus, speaking uh, as strangers, that they are aliens and and strangers. For people who speak thus, make it clear that they are seeking. Is worth seeking is trying to get or or reaching out for, stretching to to have a homeland. The, these believers, they 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 lived a life that indicated they were seeking a homeland. They they. they they were were never satisfied because uh, uh, with the delights of Canaan, because they had a God-centered orientation, they they desired the the the, the things of heaven, the things of God. Remember David, uh, his his he said, "There is one thing that I desire. Above all things, there is one thing, one thing that I desire." And that was to be with God. And this, 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 this word here, homeland, uh, Linsky, uh noted, he said, this this Greek word. He said, there is much more in this word than is generally known. He says, unlike children of this world, these persons cannot settle down in some earthly place as their fatherland he he says that this word homeland could be translated fatherland and he says and and fully uh and feel fully satisfied and content there he said they are born of god they are children of god this earth is not their home and although they are compelled to stay here they constantly speak only as strangers and pilgrims speak and always uh show by this show even unconsciously, that they are seeking for a fatherland in which they really belong. We've already read something of this in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 10, where it was said that uh, of uh, Abraham that he was looking forward to the city that has foundation, whose designer and builder is God. These believers was looking forward to a place where God dwells, a place where God rules, a place where God reigns, a place where they will be at peace and at rest. And they understood that ultimately it's not found in this world. Many of us make the mistake and think that we're going to find what heaven offers us in this world. And we're disillusioned, we're frustrated, we get depressed. But our homeland, our fatherland is is not of this world. Your citizenship is in heaven. That's where your father is. That's where Christ is. That's where Christ who is your life is. That's where your name is written. (laughs) That's where a place is being prepared for you is. That's where you headed. That's where the eternal life that God has given you, it, it is preparing you for heaven, not for earth. That's why you're dissatisfied with the things of the world. That's why even if you gave yourself to the things of the world, you won't be satisfied. You won't find joy. If you're a true believer, you won't be happy. These believers are talking, they were talking about a homeland because they understood that there was more to the promises of God in regards to the inheritance, in regards to the land of Canaan. There was more to it. There was a, a heavenly aspect to it. The writer expands on this in verse 15. He says, if they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had the opportunity to return. These believers didn't die looking back and clinging to their old way of life uh, the old place that they had left they they let all those things of the old life go everything that was associated with the with their old life they let that go and this is important for these believers that the writer is writing to because what is it that they're trying to go back to the old covenant they're trying to go back and and live under the old testament way of doing religion and the writer is saying look these folks in in uh uh in in the old covenant they were they were looking forward to christ that's where they were they were looking forward to heaven why are you looking back and they were looking forward? He the, the, the writer by using this example of these believers not receiving what all the things that are promised in this world, he, he is reminding them to to, to, to simply don't to, to focus upon God and what he has promised. Because that's what true faith, faith that overcomes, realizes that there is a need to let the things of this world go and live for Christ. Live for Christ. Richard Phillips, in his commentary, said this Christianity is not a religion focused on the earth and its present life. And we see this even in the, the life of the Apostle Paul we we talk about this on a on a constant basis in philippians chapter three verse starting at verse seven paul the apostle paul said whatever but whatever gain i had i counted as lost. this is this is what it this is what it looks like and sounds like to be a a a sojourner and a pilgrim that is journeying toward heaven paul said whatever but whatever gain i had i count as lost for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and counted them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. What was more important to the Apostle Paul? The knowledge of Jesus Christ. And he says in verse 9, and being found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ. The righteousness from God that depends on faith. He goes on in verse number 12, he said, Not that I have already obtained this. Paul didn't have it in his grasp personally. Not that I have already obtained this. He, he, he didn't possess it personally yet. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own. There were some things that Paul understood that he did not have in regards to what was promised him in this life. And he said, I haven't already attained it. I haven't been perfected. But knowing that these things will come, I press on. I press on to make it my own. Because Christ Jesus has made me his own. I belong to Christ. And because I belong to Christ, I know the promises that that God has promised in Christ is mine. I don't need them because I got Christ. They're going to come. They're going to be mine one day. But until that time gets here, I Have Christ. He goes on. He says. In Philippians chapter 3 verse 13. He says brothers. I do not consider. That I have made it. My own. But one thing I do. You know it. Forgetting what lies behind. And straining. (laughs) This is what, this is prepared. The writer Hebrews in chapter 12 talked about the Christian life as a race. The the, the agon where you got to put forth effort. And we see that here with the apostle Paul. Forgetting what lies behind and straining, straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize. there was only one prize in Paul's eye. And it wasn't in this world. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. What are you? What are you seeking? What are you embracing? What is it that you desire? Look at verse sixteen, back in Hebrews chapter eleven. Faith that overcomes the world not not only seeks a, uh, the 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 promises at a distance, at afar. These believers here not. Not only lived as sojourners and and pilgrims, because they de- desired a a homeland, a better homeland. notice verse sixteen, but as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. The word "desire here is uh is 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 something that is that is they they intensely they they eagerly want this. And this, this word better is the theme of Hebrews, that, that Christ is better. Remember, these, these Christians, again, wanted to go back to, to the Old Testament religion. And the author is pointing back to these Old Testament saints and said they desire something better. You should desire something better. The new covenant in Christ, Christ has a better name. In Christ, there are better promises. In Christ, we're under a better covenant. Christ offered a better sacrifice. And, and notice what the writer says. This is so precious. To those who are straining to live the Christian life, they those who are pressing on who 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 like a runner who runs in a race the runners when they were running the race back in these days they would take all of their clothes off to run the race not be restricted by anything and they gave all of their effort to win the race when you live the Christian life in that in the midst of all your struggles in the midst of all your difficulties, in the midst of the uncertainty that you face, and you say, you know what? I'm gonna I'm let all the things of the world go and I'm gonna run from Christ. Look at what's, what, what is next. It says, therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. Because these believers, these Old Testament saints, and some of them experienced some horrible things, because they took God at his word, and they died believing in the word of God and the promises of God, the writer of Hebrews said, God is not ashamed to be their God. We've already seen in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38, where God says, but my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. The one that, God finds pleasure in is the one who endures by faith in him and in his word until the end. It was said of Jesus in Hebrews chapter 2, verses 11 and 12, it said of Jesus that he is not ashamed to call true believers his brothers and sisters. And here it says God is not ashamed to be called the God of those who embrace his word by faith until the end. And notice the reason why God is not ashamed to be called a God, for he has prepared for them a city. (laughs) For these believers who were looking forward to the promise of inheritance, The promise of of a land. The writer has said is saying here, God has prepared for them a city. God has prepared for them what they were looking for. That they didn't receive. That they died. Embracing by faith. That they died in believing they would possess. God has has prepared for them their heart's desire. They walked through this world. They they died in faith. And and, and and now they they understand something of the blessings that they have been promised in Christ. And this teaches us we must anticipate as well. As Jesus told his disciples in John chapter 14, verses 1 through 3, let not your hearts be troubled. And he didn't leave it there. This is what some some people say. Don't be troubled. Suck it up. (laughs) Jesus told he's so precious with his disciples. He understood their their fickle nature. (laughs) He said, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. (laughs) (laughs) He says, believe in God and believe also in me you may be also. Believers can trust Christ because in him, all that is promised is secure. It is secure for us to have on the other side of death. These saints here in, in, in this passage, they died without seeing, ever seeing the promise fulfilled. Abraham didn't see his descendant's number as the sand beside the seesaw. He didn't see his descendants' number as the the, the, the stars in the sky. And and, and yet he didn't abandon the faith. He lived faithfully in the expectation that God would fulfill what he had promised. And sometimes that's all you have. This is all, I would say, all you have is what God has said in his word. There will come times in your life where all the supports may be taken away from you. But you have what you need in God and his word. Amen. Let us pray. Father, sometimes we can be influenced by this world that thinks that pleasure and joy and happiness is found in in this world but we we as believers know different we we know in our hearts that we were created for eternity that we were created for something greater than, as John Piper put it, it's, it's 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 like going to 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 the to 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 the sea and and grabbing up mud in our hands and and trying to eat the mud and saying, "Satisfy me, satisfy me." That's what trying to live by the world and the things of the world is like. Jeremiah said that it's like trying to drink from a broken cistern that can hold no water. We will find no satisfaction, none at all. And if it is, it's only temporary in the things of this world. It is those things that are, are far off, those things that, that you have promised to us in Christ that will bring us the joy and the peace and the happiness that our souls were created for. We were created for, for heaven and, and, and we were created to be with you. And, and the joy and the peace that we have only comes from embracing what you have promised in your word. Help us to do this, Father. Help us to, help us to see through the eyes of faith on, as we live our lives on a daily basis. And as we study your word by your Holy Spirit, help us to see the treasure, the treasure, the, the treasure of Christ and, and all the, the blessings that we have in Christ. So that we will have the the motivation to continue on this difficult journey in this world. We thank you for Christ. It's in his name I pray. Amen.